Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Tony Ria. How about one more round of applause for the entire music and production teams? What a great presentation this morning. And it's, we're so blessed here at Community Christian Church to have staff members and volunteers who not only have tremendous gifts and talents, but a deep passion and devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. One more time for everyone. Thank you so much. Well, once again, good morning. Welcome to Community Christian Church on this absolutely gorgeous Easter Sunday. Easter 2019. Say that. Easter 2019. That means that Easter, or Resurrection Sunday, has been celebrated 2,019 times. That's a lot of colored eggs and candy peeps. Easter 2019. Today. But just think for a moment what it must have been like on that first Easter Sunday. And I mean the very first one. Just two days before Easter on Good Friday, Jesus' closest followers and disciples watched him die a gruesome and horrific death on the cross. And they thought he was the answer. The prophesied Messiah, the one sent by God to rescue them from the Romans. In the exact same way, 1,500 years earlier, God had sent Moses to rescue them from the Egyptians. And now Jesus is dead. And worse yet, their lives are in jeopardy because pretty soon the temple guards would be coming after them to arrest them. And so on Good Friday, Jesus died. On Saturday, so did all their hopes and dreams. I mean, you talk about gloom and doom the Saturday following the day that Jesus died was by far the darkest and most dreadful day you could possibly imagine. But then the next day, on Sunday, very early in the morning, some of the women, they left their place of hiding and they went to where Jesus was buried. And when they got there, they discovered that the stone in front of the entrance of the tomb had been rolled away and his body wasn't there. They ran back to the disciples, told Peter and John and all the rest what they had, had happened, what they had seen, and both Peter and John went to the tomb for themselves. And when they got there, that's when they confirmed precisely what the women had said. Stone was rolled away, body of Jesus was missing. And as they stood inside that empty tomb, Wondering and speculating as to what could have possibly happened, a single question consumed their minds. Who is this guy? Who is this man, Jesus? Really? That's a great question. But it wasn't the first time that that very question had been asked. In fact, the scripture tells us about three years earlier, Jesus and his, entire dis his disciples spent the entire day in a city called Capernaum. There, throughout the entire day, Jesus taught 
the people, the great multitudes that had gathered to see him and to hear him. And in between teaching sessions, Jesus performed some outstanding miracles. And then toward the end of the day, Jesus gave instructions to his disciples to get back into the boat because he wanted Peter to take them to the other side of the lake. And when they did, when they got in the boat and they headed out, they encountered a very dangerous storm, what the Bible calls a furious squall or a mini tornado. And that storm on the Sea of Galilee was so treacherous that Peter and several of the other seasoned fishermen were afraid for their lives. They absolutely began to freak out and they thought they were going to die. Finally, they appealed to Jesus, who was at the back of the boat taking a nap. And when Jesus got up and saw what was taking place, what was happening, he spoke directly to the storm and he said, Peace be still. And at his word, everything went completely quiet. I mean, the storm ceased to exist. And as I read this story this past week, it reminded me of an incident that happened a number of years ago. It was on a Wednesday in June, and we were here at the church getting ready for one of our famous summer barbecues. You'll remember those. Uh, we have them from year to year. We were expecting about 500 people, and we had just grilled all of the meat for the barbecue, like hundreds and hundreds of hamburgers and hot dogs. And around 5.30 in the afternoon, just about the time that the barbecue was supposed to start, this huge and ugly storm cloud formed out into the west and was heading our way. And we were watching it come. And it was ugly. And it was carrying a lot of thunder and a lot of lightning. So I waited until the storm got to about Ryan Road. And I raced out in front of the church building and I stood there in front of that storm and I raised both of my hands and I did a Jesus imitation. <laughs> I mean, I stared the storm down and I cried out, peace be still. And moments later, I heard the, large, the loudest clap of thunder I'd ever heard in my life. Split second later, a bolt of lightning hit our church building and the ground shook underneath us. We were all freaked out. The... Fire alarm went off, lights were flashing, emergency lights. That lightning strike hit some of our, uh, our equipment, our expensive technical equipment, cost us thousands and thousands of dollars. I, I didn't experience exactly the same thing D Jesus did on that occasion. It's a little bit different. He spoke to the storm. The storm stopped. No more wind, no more waves, no more thunder, no more anything. And when everything was nice and peaceful, he turned to his disciples who were stunned, and he said, what up, guys? What are you so afraid of? And they looked at one another in disbelief, and they asked the question, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? Now, not long after that, a man by the name of Herod, King Herod, the king of Israel, he heard about Jesus, and he wasn't happy. See, King Herod was an extremely jealous person. And even if he sus suspected anyone of threatening his kingdom, he immediately had that person killed. 
And as you know, the, the saying goes, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Because his father, Herod the Great, was just as brutal and detestable. Herod the Great, history tells us, had his wife killed, his father-in-law killed, and three of his sons because he accused them of treason or conspiring against him. He was the same Herod the Great who became paranoid after the Magi came and talked to him or told him about Jesus being born. And following that little conversation, he gave the execution order for all boys in Jerusalem two years old and younger. And so this Herod, who was reigning at the time of Christ, when he heard about Jesus, his fame and his popularity, he was ticked. And then he heard the people talking about Jesus and saying he was uh, Elijah the prophet or, or John the Baptist returned in the flesh. And King Herod said, I know he's not John the Baptist. That much I know. Because I killed that guy. I gave the word and chopped his head off. But who is Jesus? Who is this guy I hear such great things about? One more. Just a few days before Easter weekend, on Palm Sunday, Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. And there were great crowds of people, hundreds and thousands of people who were coming to Jerusalem right at that exact same time to celebrate the Feast of Passover. And when they saw Jesus on that donkey, spontaneously they began to sing and to shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, all of them in one accord. The scripture tells us some of them cut down palm branches and began to wave them in praise. Others took off their garments and laid them down in front of Jesus. And when that Palm Sunday parade hit the streets of Jerusalem, we're told the entire city was stirred and everyone asked, who is this man? Who is this Jesus? So let me repeat what I said just a few moments ago. That's a really good question. It's a question that's been asked countless times by countless people. And it's still being asked today. Many, many people, even people in our families, our friends, people that we associate with today. Uh, who is this guy? Who is Jesus really? And the reason there's so much controversy and confusion associated with Jesus is because it takes a lifetime to get to know who he is. And you have to be diligent in your desire to comprehend him. So many people think today that they can just learn about Jesus and know about him in, in a quick amount of time. It's impossible to do that. You have to be devoted in your efforts and in your search of Jesus, and you have to want to know him with every ounce of strength within you. The scripture says we are to love the Lord our God with all of our hearts and all of our souls and all of our minds. And in that love for him, we receive the truth of who he is. He can't be known in a short amount of time with just a little attempt to understand who Jesus is. In fact, the very last verse of scripture in the Gospel of John tells us that Jesus was truly amazing. And he said so many things, and he did so many things 
that the world is not big enough to contain the number of books that could have been written about him. And that's a lot of uncharted territory, things we, we haven't even discovered about Jesus just yet. And so I'm sorry. Any effort or attempt on my part to respond or answer the who is Jesus question will always come up way short. There's no way I could do it, not with a month of sermons, let alone one short Easter message. But here's what I can do for you today. And here's what I would be happy to do. If you've never met Jesus, I can introduce him to you. If you have a relationship with Jesus or have already met him, but for one reason or another, your connection to him is strained, then I can offer to you or initiate a reconciliation. And this morning, I'd like to do that by reading just one passage of scripture. And again, my desire and my intention, my objective is that you would at least initiate a meeting with Jesus so that you can get to know him for yourself. So that in your travels and in your life, you would be able to answer the question, who is this man really? Now, the passage I want to read was written by a key disciple. His name is Simon Peter. Just a few words that he shares in this passage, two verses, and I believe it captures the essence of Jesus. This passage is found in Acts chapter 10, verses 37 and 38. You can follow along on the screen. Peter said, you know the story. You, you, know, you know what happened. You know the story of what happened in Judea. It began in Galilee after John, the Baptist, preached a total life change, a message of repentance. And after that, after John the Baptist had his time, then Jesus arrived from Nazareth, anointed by God. Anointed by who? Anointed by God, with the Holy Spirit, ready for action. And he, Jesus, went through the country, helping people and healing everyone who was beaten down by the devil. Now, the New International Version and most other translation uses the word oppressed. Jesus went through the country helping people and healing everyone who was oppressed of the enemy. This is the way that Peter, the one guy who spent more quality time with Jesus than anyone else, summed up his life. This is what Peter had to say. Jesus helped others. He made their lives better. He went through the countryside, interacting with people and everyone he could so that he could free them from their oppression and from the darkness that was in their world. That's what Jesus did. And he did that for a paralyzed man who had to be carried around from place to place by his friends. He did that for a humiliated woman who was caught having an adulterous affair. And earlier, during the drama portion of the service, you heard both of their stories. And if you were listening carefully, they both said, Jesus helped me. Jesus healed me. Jesus set me free. 
That's who this man is. And that's precisely what he's doing today. He's doing the same things today that he did 2,000 years ago when he walked this earth. He's healing the sick. He's cleansing the diseased. He's raising up those who are spiritually dry and dead. He's casting the darkness out of our lives. And he's doing that because God placed upon him the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's a deep desire that he has in his heart as he ministers to each and every one of us. Now, there's certainly some doctrine and theology associated with the Easter story. And for those of you who are waiting for it, let me give it to you. Yes, Jesus died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, he destroyed the sins of the world. He carried those sins on his own shoulders, my sin and your sin, and the sins of the entire world. He dealt with the sin issue on the cross. He died for our sins. He was taken down from the cross, and yes, he was placed in a tomb, and a stone was rolled in front. On the third day, yes, he was raised to life again, overcoming death, hell, and the grave. And yes, he is currently seated at the right hand of the Father where he is clothed with all power and majesty. You see, Jesus is not dead. He's alive. Our champion is alive. These are the elements of the Christian faith. This is what we talk about and what we review every year at this time. These are the what of Easter. But equally important as the what is the who. You see, sometimes it's not enough just to know what happened, and probably we all know what happened, or to know why it happened, and maybe we could answer that question too. Simon Peter said, the absolute most critical aspect of the Easter story is about the who. And the who is Jesus. And again, Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 tells us that the who, he went around helping people and healing people and delivering people from their oppression. And oppression in the Greek means to abuse to suppress, subdue, and beat down. One more time. To abuse, suppress, subdue, and beat down. Ever feel that way? Of course you do. We all do from time to time. Because we live in a very dark and evil, wicked world. That's why Jesus is still the answer today. And the disciples were right. He is the prophesied Messiah. In fact, John tells us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through him. Knowing Jesus, comprehending his ministry, that's the only way to truly come alive. All right, at this time, I'm going to ask you to please bow your heads for prayer.
And I'm going to appeal to you for just a few more minutes. I purposely prepared a short message so that we could spend just a little extra time reflecting on what you've witnessed uh, the last hour or so. On Easter Sunday, we've been talking about this all morning, a tremendous miracle took place. A dead man came alive. Okay, that's what I wanted you to focus in on. On Good Friday, Jesus was dead. He wasn't just resting. He wasn't in a semi-conscious state. He was dead. And on the third day, he was alive again. And with that Easter morning resurrection miracle, God opened up the door for every one of us to receive miracles. That's what he has in his heart for us today. He wants each one of us to come alive on the inside and to know Jesus. That's his desire for us. Now, everyone in this room, we're all probably at different places in our spiritual journey. Maybe you're here today and you have a heart for God and you... You have passion for God and all you want to do is serve him. Or maybe there was a time in your life when you had a close relationship with God and you were all about church and all about serving the Lord, but something happened and you've kind of drifted away. Or maybe you're here today, someone invited you or you wandered in and You've never really surrendered your life to God, not the way you know you should. You've never really declared the lordship of Jesus Christ. Well, here's why God brought you to this service this morning. Here's what God wants you to know and receive. You are loved. Friend, I can't convey that to you enough. You are loved with an everlasting love, an unconditional love. And truth be told, no one could love you any more than Jesus does. In fact, he proved the extent of his love by going to that cross and dying there. That's what nailed him to the cross. In fact, he said, greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. He loves us. And the explanation of his ministry by the Apostle Peter years ago is the exact same description of what the Lord Jesus intends to do in our lives today. To go around helping people, healing those who are oppressed of the darkness. Could I ask you to please be seated? Maybe bow your heads for just one more moment. Earlier I told you that I was not going to be able to give you a comprehensive answer to who Jesus is. That was something you were going to have to pursue on your own. But I did say that I would introduce you to Jesus or attempt to initiate a reconciliation, and that's what I want to do right now. You see, the same God who performed that miracle on the very first Resurrection Sunday is in the earth today performing miracles. They happen all the time. And the greatest miracle that God could ever perform for you is the miracle of salvation. 
And now I mean a changed and transformed heart. It's something only God can do. You can't do that on your own. All of your good intentions in the world, you cannot save yourself. That's why Jesus had to go to, to the cross in the first place. We need the miracle, supernatural power of God to come into our lives to give us truth, and that changes us. And the good news is you can receive that salvation power of God right here today. And then I also mentioned that you might be here this morning and you would say you had a close relationship with God, but it's somewhat strained now. Maybe you're in a backslidden condition. You're in a place where you know you shouldn't be spiritually. You're involved in some things. Let me repeat the words I mentioned earlier. God's message to you for today, he loves you. And he stands with open arms, regardless of the shame and the guilt that you might have or what you think you've done. He stands ready to receive you back to himself. Or maybe you're a believer and you get all excited about the Easter service and you're doing your best to serve God and you've been a Christian for many, many years. But life today right now is just difficult for you. Maybe the truth of the matter is you would say, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm so discouraged right now. I've been through some tests and trials and I, I feel oppressed. God is here for you as well. God wants to perform a victory and a freedom miracle in your life this morning if you just open your heart to him. So I'm going to close out our time in prayer. I appreciate your patience. I'm not going to single anyone out, ask you to get out of your seat or come to the front. In fact, I'm not even going to require any additional information other than to ask you and appeal to you to be honest this morning, to acknowledge your need for God, to admit that you haven't been able to do life on your own that well, and just surrender your situation to him. And if that's the case, if, if you fit into any one of those categories that I just described, and you would like me to include you in my closing prayer, especially if you want to take a step toward God, and either reconcile with him or get to know him, can I ask you right here at this time to slip up your hand, hold it up for just a minute, all over the room. Okay, put it right back down. Thank you. Father, we're so amazed by your life-giving presence. We thank you for the resurrection miracle that opened the door for us to receive miracles today. And Lord, we're so thankful for the salvation miracle. I believe in my heart many people here in this room are making commitments for the very first time. Lord, show them the extent of your love. Let them be free on the inside and feel that love maybe for the first time. And for all other hands, Lord, all other requests, those who feel oppressed, those who are weary, those who might be sick or have a disease in their body, those who need to come back, Lord, to that place of being in right standing with you. Thank you for being the God who helps us and heal us, heals us and frees us of our oppression. I pray, Lord, a blanket of peace and blessing over the congregation this morning. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.